0: Good morning and welcome to Malvern Hill Baptist Church. Uh, We are still Malvern Hill Baptist Church, even in a parking lot. If you're watching at home, we are glad that you're with us. So proud of our our folks for working so diligently. Every single week we improve something technology-wise. And so this week we're a little bit better than we were last week. Instead of just having one camera outside, we've got two camera angles outside and we've been able to move everybody. So our folks have really worked diligently to make that happen. My name's Craig Thompson. I'm the senior pastor here, and we are glad. Uh, before we jump into the sermon this morning, just a couple of things. Uh, as, as, as your leadership, as pastors and others, just know that, uh, that we are working diligently to figure out exactly what our next steps are. We're going to have to wait for somebody else to give us some guidance on a lot of that, but we're trying to uh, make a few different plans for what, would it, what it would look like for us to move forward. Uh, for the time being, in the next few weeks, just know that we will continue, as long as weather permits, to, to gather outdoors as we are right now, as long as weather permits. You will, uh, uh, or let me back up, you should assume that we will be here at 1030 on Sunday mornings unless otherwise informed. If we were to change that, we will let you know uh, by an email, uh, also we will put 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 those updates on our Facebook group and our Facebook page so that we could try and get that information out. And we would do that by nine o'clock. his father had done. He removed the high places and broke down the pillars and cut down the Asherah. He broke in pieces the bronze serpent that Moses had made. For until those days, the people of Israel had made offerings to it. It was called Nehushtan. He trusted in the Lord, the God of Israel, so that there was none like him among all the kings of Judah after him, nor among those who were before him, for he held fast to the Lord. He did not depart from following the Lord, but he kept the commandments that the Lord commanded Moses. And the Lord was with him wherever he went. He prospered. He rebelled against the king of Assyria and would not serve him. He struck down the Philistines as far as Gaza and its territory from watchtower to fortified city. Let's pray together. Father God, as we consider what it looks like for our idols to be destroyed, I pray that you, Lord God, would speak to us. Father, that you would break us free from the tyranny of routine and comfort, Lord, and set us free to live into the power of your Holy Spirit. Father God, give us a heart to seek you, Lord God, and to hold on as you work. In Jesus' name, amen. Um. Routines are good things. My morning routine never changes. My, My husband said, well, why did you cut, why did you trim ends off the turkey before you cooked it? She said, well, my mama always did, and that's the way you cook a turkey. He said, well, why did she do it? My mama didn't do it that way, and I don't think that's right. So she called her mom. She said, Mom johnny says that this is the wrong way to cook a turkey why do we cook a turkey this way she said well that's the way i've always been taught to cook it your grandma cooked a turkey that way but why did she do it and and, and she said "I, i don't know i've never had anybody challenge me and so she called up her mom so grandma finally we got three generations to get the phone call grandma why do we cut the ends off the turkey apparently not everybody in the world cuts the ends off the turkey why do we cut the ends off she said i don't know why you cut the ends off the turkey but i cut the end off the turkey Because my pan wasn't big enough to hold a whole turkey. Sometimes our routines, I recognize that as I'm doing premarital counseling for them via video chat, even what we've grown to understand and appreciate and know as as a typical wedding is probably not going to be possible for these young kids as they seek this this opportunity. One of my former students uh, I I saw yesterday um, eloped. He hadn't planned to do that. They had planned to hang from these serpents, and the bronze serpent became a source of idolatry. The routine or the ritual remained the same, but they lost the meaning behind it. At some point, they forgot that God had said to make this serpent, and instead of worshiping the Lord, they began to worship the serpent. And that's what we all just read about in the book of 2 Kings chapter 18. We see that there came a point in time where the people worshiped the serpent, rather than worshiping the Lord. Now listen, we've all been there, haven't we? God does something amazing, and we want to recreate that amazing thing that God has done. And in our effort to recreate that amazing thing, we, um, we, we, we try our best to remember exactly what steps were taken to accomplish it. We have an incredible time of worship, and we begin to believe that it was because of a particular song, or people get saved. You begin to believe it was because of the particular kind of sermon. Maybe your life starts going well and you begin to believe that it is because you attended worship more regularly. Even even more tempting is God does something powerful in your life and you begin to believe that if somebody else is going to experience the Lord, they've got to experience the Lord in exactly the same way that you experienced the Lord. And so we run the risk of creating our own little bronze serpents. The Israelites remembered the bronze serpent, but many forgot the hand of God behind it. So we find this situation in 2 Kings chapter 18. The Israelites had traded the worship of the God who had worked wonders for the worship of a snake on a stick. But then we get to 2 Kings chapter 18. Hezekiah begins to reign in Judah, and the Bible says that he did what was right in the eyes of the Lord. He removed the high places and he cut down Asheron poles. Most notably, for our purposes, he broke in pieces the bronze serpent that Moses had made. Can I tell you that I've read through the Bible, I, I, by my account, at least 15 times. I'm not 100% sure, but I think 14 or 15 times that I've read through the Bible from cover to cover. And until September of this year, I don't ever remember reading Second Kings chapter 18, verse 6. Until September of this year, if someone had told me that this verse was in the Bible... I would have told them they'd lost their mind. I had no idea that it existed. And yet over the course of of, of two days, the Lord brought this verse to me in two completely different ways and just impressed upon me the importance of this verse in our life. It literally drove me to my knees, and I prayed in that moment. I said, God, what is it that you would have me learn from this? Now, I'm not sure, here I am six or eight months later, that I've completely understood all that the Lord would have for me to learn from this verse. But one of the things that I'm confident that the Lord would have us to learn from this verse today is that we need to kill the snakes in our life and get on with serving the Lord. I believe we need to learn from this that we can fall into routines and rituals that have no purpose beyond serving that particular moment. Folks, we've got to get past worshiping and serving our routines and our rituals and seek the Lord with all our heart, all our mind, all our soul, in all of our strength, the Bible says that Hezekiah removed the high places. He destroyed the bronze serpent. Folks, has it considered? Has it occurred to you that perhaps God is destroying our bronze serpents today? Maybe God is reminding us that what God us here is not the way to worship, or not the way that we worship, or even the place that we worship. What if God is tearing apart our altars and destroying our bronze serpents to get our attention? What if God is r- ruining? What if God is ruining our rituals so that we can be reminded that you strip it all away and the only thing that matters is Him? This morning for just a few minutes, I want to ask this question and I want you to wrestle with it with me. How can I give the Lord my attention? How can I give the Lord my attention? Now, I'm not asking how can the Lord get your attention. I'll just be totally honest. If He hasn't gotten your attention by now, I'm not sure what it's going to take. Now, I'm not here before you today to say that what we're encountering or experiencing is judgment from the Lord. That's not what I'm saying. I don't know. What I do know is that when something like this happens, it should at least open our eyes and ears and get our attention. There should come a point in time in these days that we say, Lord God, what are you doing in these days? What is it, Lord, that you are teaching to me? Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So I'm hoping that by this point the Lord has gotten your attention and i want to ask this question how can you give him your attention your undivided devotional attention there are three things that in this passage of scripture that we need to see this morning the first thing you need to do is seek the lord the bible says that hezekiah sought the lord look right there in 18 verse uh, verse 2 i'm sorry verse 3 and he did what was right in the eyes of the lord according to all that david his father had done He did all that was right. He sought the Lord. There's a danger among many who believe that they need to get themselves right or straight before they come to Jesus. There's this temptation for us to believe that before I can come to the Lord, before I can be involved in a church, before I can give my life to Christ, the first thing I need to do is I need to get straight. I need to get right and holy. Folks, you don't have to do anything before you come to Jesus except repent and believe. The only thing you have to do before you come to Jesus is nothing. The only thing you have to do to come to Jesus is come to Jesus. He is found by all who seek him, and he stands ready to receive you today. Hezekiah sought the Lord. Are you seeking the Lord right now? You can't visit your grandkids. You can't go into our sanctuary for worship. Some of you, though, are more worried about what the governor or the president is going to say tomorrow than you are about seeking the Lord today. Folks, can I tell you? It doesn't matter when the country opens back up or how long it's closed down. It doesn't matter who the president is or who the governor is. It does not matter what disease or plague or virus breaks out in this world. The Lord is still the Lord. He is still the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and He's the God of you and me, and He's the God of this world today. Folks, I want to urge you today to move past the circumstances and to seek Jesus Pull your eyes away from the news and away from the the, the speculation and turn to the only one who has hope and knows. Folks, he's written the end of the book. We might not know what tomorrow holds, but we know what the end holds and we know who holds all of these things. Seek the Lord. Are you more worried about getting the church building open than you are about seeking Jesus? Jesus urged us to seek what? Seek first the kingdom of heaven. Then all these other things will be added. Y'all, if we will pursue Jesus with all of our heart, the rest of the things will fall out in the wash. These aren't fun days. I want to be able to eat a meal with you. I want to be able to gather with y'all. I mean, I, I do. I, 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 it, it, my Wyatt, my oldest son, he actually wants us to continue these parking lot services. He's got a different plan for it. He wants them to be tailgate services. He likes the idea of us bringing a grill and 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 having a good time and maybe one day we'll do something like that but it would still be way different because we want to see these kids playing playing ball out here in the grass we want to see you all fellowship with one another i want to go see my parents and my my mother-in-law i want to do all of those things and i can't right now the world is upended it is abnormal i wear a mask when i go to the grocery store i don't go anywhere except Here, the grocery store in my house, those are the places that I go. And yet in the midst of all of that, folks, Jesus hasn't moved. Will you seek the Lord? These aren't fun days. But the first thing I need to do is not wish for the good old days. The first thing I need to do is run back to the, excuse me, the first thing I need to do is not run back to the bronze serpent that healed me one time. The first thing I need to do is run to the Lord Jesus Christ. Seek Him first. Everything else will be added. So the first thing is to seek the Lord. The second thing this morning, you need to kill the snakes in your life. Now, in my mind, there's only one kind of good snake. The only good snake is a dead snake. I don't like them. I don't even like to kill them with a hoe. I like to kill them a little further away with something that makes a little bit more noise. I do not like snakes. What are the snakes in your life? I don't know what they are I'm not sure what yours are I know what mine can be they can be familiar passages of scripture comfortable sermons and a normal way of doing church right I'm, I'm being reminded right now that that sort of the normal way of doing church can be a stumbling block for me not because it's bad but because for about two weeks when all this began I went oh God Help me, I don't know what in the world we can do. As if somehow or other, the way that we've been doing church here in the United States for the last 20 years or, or, or the last five years or the last two years, if, as if somehow that's the only way that the church can function. As if somehow this is the only way that the gospel can go forth. Folks, we all need to be reminded right now that all across the globe, people are proclaiming the good news of the gospel and the gospel is being spread and the great commission is being accomplished and it's happening without buildings that look like ours and it's happening without this kind of technology it's running its way through the underground churches in china and the bush of africa and god is not thwarted by the things that are happening today we're discovering right now that as a result of the power of the internet that the gospel was being proclaimed to people that that might not have ever heard the gospel. I am able to preach to people today that I've never preached to before i've got family members that are watching our our uh, our live services and watching the YouTube uh, recordings that have never seen me preach they're calling me let me know about those things and many of you are using these these services to reach out to family members. I was thrilled to hear from one of you last week who said that you've been utilizing our, our YouTube service to minister and serve one of your family members that is amazing now look I'm still looking forward to the day when I can gather with you and worship but I'm being reminded right now that there may be other ways for the gospel of Jesus Christ to go out than just the ways that we've done it I'm being reminded that I don't have to depend on all of y'all to do all the things there are things that I can do on my own I'm being reminded of that I think many of us are being reminded right now that life doesn't have to be as busy as we've made it. Aren't we? We're being reminded that though we enjoy so many things, there are many things we want to get back to. There are many things that have really just become snakes in our life that we've fallen down before and we're worshiping. Folks, what are the snakes in your life? It's easy to focus on how something's been done rather than on the one who has done it. Comfort can become king. It's good to be uncomfortable. Folks, when we are uncomfortable, God can do incredible things. See, the idols in our life, they're not usually ugly things. And I want to make sure we understand that. When we talk about a snake on a stick, a bronze serpent, we usually think, oh, that's kind of scary. It wasn't creepy to the people of Israel. They remembered a time in their ancient past when that serpent served to bring healing. And in that place, they were running to something that was comfortable and normal. Folks, how often do we run to comfortable things that keep us feeling normal and yet y'all it's not the comfortable normal things where god grows us it's when we get uncomfortable during this time of uh, of social distancing as a family we've been trying to make sure we get a little bit healthier through the coronavirus and that's really important because we are eating a lot i mean some of y'all are with us i mean that there's there's been a lot of cookies uh there were a lot of jelly i thought that we had bought enough jelly beans to get us through the uh the 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 the, the lockdown all the jelly beans are gone i don't believe there's a single one left in the house the kids aren't actually supposed to eat them but somehow or other they keep eating them or or me okay let's let's be honest here i keep walking by and grabbing a handful of jelly beans every time i walk past the problem is i'm at home so much more that i walk past that little bowl that many more times honey we might need to count how many jelly beans i'm eating if we're honest here but uh but 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 so as a result we we want to make sure that that, uh, that we're, we're not on the back end of Corona, put on the Corona 15 through this process. And so we, we've been exercising it. And it's not all intense. Mostly that just looks like we're getting out walking the dog a lot. Uh, but, but we've been running some. And something bad has happened. And it's kind of embarrassing because um, it turns out that my two oldest kids can run a mile faster than I can. Now that, is, that, is, that hurts this daddy's pride a whole lot when that happened. I was a bit surprised when they did. Now, they can't keep up with me after the first mile. But in that first mile, if we just ran a mile, I don't have a chance. Okay? That's the truth. So, yesterday, I decided it was time to change the narrative. I decided, starting yesterday, that I'm going to do whatever has to be done to make sure that those two can't run around and brag that they can outrun their dad. Now this is hard because I weigh twice as much as either one of them do. So yesterday, rather than setting out for a three-mile jog, I ran a fast mile. I almost died. I mean, I mean, I mean, seriously, I wanted to. Die. I wouldn't even come in the house when I finished. I just hung out in the garage because I didn't want anybody to see me sucking the wind. I was sucking. I was in bad shape. I have. By the way, I hadn't even told the kids about this, so they're learning this the first time, and right now they feel like they are the king of the hill. But here's what I know. I know that if I have any chance, and I'm not 100% sure based on yesterday that I actually have a chance, but if I have any chance to run a better mile than they do, I'm going to have to push myself. Like I said, I weigh twice as much as they do. I'm more than twice as old as they are. Everything in me hurts. Y'all, when it was time to go to bed last night, going up those steps, I honestly wasn't sure I was going to make it. But if I'm going to beat them, I've got to be uncomfortable. i got to kill something in my life to be able to overcome and not them. I've got to kill something in my life. i got to kill an idol of comfort. See, I don't like to hurt like that, but if I'm going to get faster, I've got to do what it takes. Folks, the children of Israel liked idols. They liked something they could look at and bow down to. They wanted to be like the pagan nations around them. What are you like? What is comfortable in your life? What are the things that you just don't want to be rid of? What's getting in the way of your wholehearted commitment to the Lord? Kill it! Whatever it is, kill it! A good snake is a dead snake. And folks, even if those snakes in your life make you feel comfortable, they are continue to keep you separated from the Lord. They're continuing to rob you of the privilege of being in fellowship with the Lord. And they're certainly robbing you of the power that is known in close fellowship with Jesus. Kill those idols in your life. Find out what they are and kill the snakes. What are your snakes? They may not have started as bad things, but they may be in the way of your commitment to the Lord. Seek the Lord. Ask Him to reveal your idols. And then shoot those snakes and leave them to die. Then watch what the Lord can do. And finally this morning. So first we we want to seek the Lord. Second we want to kill those snakes. Those idols in our life. And number three. Hold on. The writer of 2 Kings goes on to say that Hezekiah trusted in the Lord. And held fast. I like that term hold fast. Because it has been my experience that when I seek the Lord. And I get all the distractions out of the way. The only thing left for me to do is to hold on. Are you holding on fast to Jesus? Listen there are times in your life. When holding on doesn't seem possible. There are times in our lives when life gets really hard and we're not holding on to Jesus. Instead, we're praying to the Lord that he would hold on to us. There are times when we're asking God to hold on because we're not sure we can. I'm not talking about those days right now. I'm talking about the days when we are walking in fellowship with the Lord and God is doing great things. And in those moments, we're just hanging on for dear life. I was walking my dog the other day, an older fellow. Uh, was out in his driveway doing a little bit of work, and he said, you know, when I was younger, I used to do things like that. And at this point, uh, you know, the dog's kind of dragging a little bit. I said, well, you're welcome to take him. He said, you know, I've got a wheelchair inside. I think if I sat down and held on, he would just pull me wherever I wanted to go. I'm going to tell you something. If we'll sit back and hold on, the Lord might just do something through us, in us, and for us that's bigger than anything we could have ever imagined. When God moves, the best thing you can do is hold on. Hezekiah held on to the Lord. He did not depart from following the Lord. He sought the Lord. The Lord gave him direction. And once the Lord had showed him what the the distractions, the idols were, he killed them. He crushed the snake. He cut down the Asherah poles. And then as a result, he was free to pursue the Lord without distraction. And God worked mightily. This morning I want to ask you, are you ready for God to work in your life? Now, I want you to be careful because there is no 12-step plan to godliness that begins with you first killing off your idols. See, that's one of the dangerous things that happens. We believe that for me to walk worthy of the Lord, the first thing I need to do is is do something on my own. Y'all, the first thing you do is seek the Lord with your whole heart. Seek first the kingdom of heaven everything else will be added. Everything else will be taken away that needs to be taken away. But the first thing you do is seek Jesus. Run after him with all your heart. The only plan for godliness is this. Repent and believe. As you pursue Christ, as you grow in godliness, God will show you the snakes that you need to kill. And then, then, in obedience to him, you can shoot those snakes. But for now, I want to urge you, seek the Lord. Are you ready for God to work in His church? Are you ready for God to work in our culture? I don't know what our world looks like in four weeks or four months or, or this time next year. I don't know. I don't know if it'll look like anything that we're used to. I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful that four or five weeks from now we're in there. We're worshiping like normal. I, but I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. There may be a winnowing of God's church right now. I don't know. But, but I, I do believe that on the back side there's the potential for a great revival in the church and a great awakening in our culture. I believe that from the bottom of my heart. But it won't happen unless God's people seek the Lord, kill their idols, and hold on to Jesus. In that order, church, listen to me. If you focus only on killing the idols of culture, you will only drive culture away. We must speak against sin. We must speak against oppression and sinful strongholds. But we must preach repentance and faith in christ we preach christ above all foolishness to the world but the wisdom of god christ and him crucified and if we will preach christ and if we will seek christ then there's an incredible opportunity there's a real chance that the holy spirit of god may do an incredible work among his church and in our culture Church, get on your knees, seek the Lord, preach the Lord, share the Lord, and then hold on. The Lord may just do something that will blow our minds. But hold on. It's hard. Our idols are comfortable. We like a God we can hold in our hand. That's why they liked a serpent on a pole. We like a God that we can control. We're uncomfortable with a God that sends plagues, splits seas, and brings water from rocks. A snake on a stick is safe, but the God of the universe is dangerous. Will you trust Him today? Will you trust Him? Will you trust Him to do what you can't do? Will you trust that as He has upended your routines and your rituals, He has done so with a purpose? Will you trust that even in the midst of this calamity that God is still in control? And will you trust that God can take the evil of this virus, this pandemic, and even use it for His good as He turns the hearts and the minds of His people and of those who are not yet His people toward Him? And as He does, and He drives them to repent of their sin, that God may just do something in your life and in our world that is greater than we could have ever hoped or prayed for will you trust him today will you trust him with your heart and your life will you trust him with your family will you trust him with your church would you be willing to come to the Lord and to cry out in faith and repentance perhaps you're watching at home and perhaps you say Craig all this makes a little bit of sense but I'm just not sure would you be willing to at the very least just pray with me Lord God I I, want to believe but I don't yet would you pray that for me maybe you're ready You recognize there's sin in your life. You don't fully understand what it is to walk with Jesus. But you heard what I said, and you say, Craig, today's the day. I'm going to seek the Lord. Craig, I don't know what it looks like to give up my idols. I don't know what it looks like to live for Jesus. But today, I'm going to begin seeking the Lord. And I'm going to cry out, and I'm going to say, Lord Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner, and I need a Savior. Would you change my heart and change my life? He will, if you'll trust him. The Bible says that Hezekiah sought the Lord. And when Hezekiah sought the Lord, God changed Hezekiah's heart. God changed the culture. When Hezekiah sought the Lord, God drove Hezekiah to cut down the high places, to cut down the Asherah poles, to crush the idols of Israel. So that instead of worshiping their idols of comfort, they would hold on to the God of the Bible. Perhaps in the midst of coronavirus, your idols have been taken away, your comfort has been removed, your routines have been undone. But in this moment, in this time, would you trust the Lord Jesus Christ? He loves you. He wants to forgive you, he wants to save you, he wants to make you his. Who knows what he might do? Would you trust him with me today? Let's pray together. Father God in heaven, I thank you for loving us. I thank you that you sent Jesus Christ to die for our sins, Lord God. And as we look back to the book of Genesis, Lord... We are reminded that there was a serpent in the garden. But in Genesis 3, Lord God, you promised us that you would send a king, a ruler, Lord God, who would crush the head of that serpent. Lord God, Hezekiah broke a bronze snake, but Jesus came and he crushed the head of the great snake Satan on the cross of Calvary. And as a result, we can be saved. Lord God, would you work today through this message. And as we sing to you, Lord, whether we sing at home or we sing here in this parking lot, Father, would you be praised? In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.